Welcome to the Glow Up Effect podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Diana. Here at the Glow Up Effect, we're diving deep into mindset shifts, inspiration, and daily actions to help you thrive in your everyday. Let's get down to business and let's claim your glow up, girl. All right, everyone, welcome to season three of the Glow Up Effect podcast. I am so excited. Um, I'm chatting today with Lauren of Moving Bravely. Say hello, Lauren. Hi, I am so glad to be here. I love what you're doing. I love that you you are bringing women up to the stage, this platform to tell their stories of their glow up. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm thrilled. Me and Lauren met on Clubhouse, which I think is going to be an overarching theme for season three because Clubhouse like snuck into my back pocket and I very quickly became obsessed because the the ability to just connect with amazing women like Lauren um, was just a blessing to me. And I'm like, you need to come on the podcast. So here we are. Um, and I always like to start my episodes with a little backstory of like how I met this awesome kick-ass woman. So without further ado, I'll just give you the floor, Lauren. Like, tell us about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? All right. Yeah, I, uh, I totally agree about Clubhouse. If you use it for relationships and really quality relationships and not get caught up in the, you know, quantity and all the, the fast paced <laughs> moving thing, you find really awesome people. And so I'm Lauren McLamory. Um, I am a social worker. I'm a licensed social worker, social social worker, if I could speak in my state. I live in South Carolina and I practice in mental health. I work for a nonprofit. I'm in executive leadership. I'm a program director and clinical director. I am the ambitious badass woman on the outside, you know, going after everything, every promotion, every, every title, every responsibility, just really, really, really achieve, achieve, achieve. Type three Enneagram, if anybody's interested in that, that's me. Uh, and I have a coaching business. I started a movement and coaching business that is called moving bravely. And it is a movement for women who are like me. If any of that resonated with you, you are uh, an overachiever, always busy, really just trying to, you're just overworked and you don't know how to slow down, how to rest, how to feel. I I'm your girl. Uh, and yeah, so threes in my life. <laughs> come on y'all. Come on. Come on. Come over here. Sit next to me. Let's talk about it. Cause we, we gotta, we gotta figure out a way to, uh, a way to like rest and recover and also, um, serve more quality in quality ways rather than, you know, being busy all the time. Right. So mm -hmm. moving bravely is for women who are, um, also, uh, through going through transitions. Maybe you're an outsider. I've always described myself as kind of a chameleon, but the other flip side of that is that we are always kind of on the outskirts of groups. We're really not in a specific group because we're in all of the groups. And so we're people pleasers. We kind of morph with whoever we're around. And so uh, that is also a part of my personality, as you'll see as we get into it. Um, and then I also do a lot of work with uh, whole self. So I'm, I'm, you will hear me talk about all the joys and all the great things that are happening in my life, but you also hear me talk about some hard shit, like a lot of darkness. And we oftentimes as women, we try to shield people from our darkness. And that's quite honestly the thing that we need to bring forth into our, our lives and our businesses to make a better impact, to be more vulnerable and to move bravely. Mm -hmm. Love that intro. Thank you. And uh, we met earlier um, this week and we were chatting and I love how you were like, I'm here to talk about the shit that like people don't want to talk about. Like, mm -hmm. I'm here, like we have to, we have to unravel it. So uh, really that brings me to my next question. Like what began forming um, your business moving bravely? 
Yeah. And so to tell you the story of moving bravely to get there, I got us, I got to back up a bit. So I told rewind. you, yeah, we got to, we got to kind of build the paint, the whole picture, right? The yeah, there's context. a lot of elements. Um, and I want to speak to, it's not just me. Every woman listening has a whole context that we are not bringing forth with us. So hopefully this, you know, comforts you and allows you to start writing your story out. And so you can see where your story's going. Um, your glow up is going, right? So I, um, I was a achieve, 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 right? That's what I mentioned before. What that also meant is that I was really, really, really hard on myself. I had a lot of high, high, un, unrealistic standards for my body. You know, specifically, I have um, struggled with body dysmorphia. Body image was, um, I hated my body and I treated it like shit. I restricted a lot. I was a former, I'm a former athlete. Um, I really was never taught the way to nourish your body with balance. Um, I was just taught that, you know, food is something that makes you fat, right? Uh, if you, you don't have control over your food. So I just didn't have a healthy relationship with food and me and working out. And it was all very internalized. Nobody really knew what was going on. Um, and now that I'm, you know, 31, I'm looking back. I, I realized that it was a huge shift around a time when I was 14. I had a really traumatic experience where my power was stripped from me. Uh, and that, that changed my life forever. Like mm -hmm. my, my innocence, my, my exploration, my risk-taking, my, my courage, I started to blend in more. I started to kind of fade in. And then I started to be thin, you know, wanting to be thin. And that's not my story. That's not my body. That's not what that, that that's not what anybody's really after. Thinness is not healthy, right? That's not, that's not the epitome of health. But at the time I was really believing that if I was thin, I was valuable. If I was thin, I was successful. I, you could see I was disciplined because I was so thin. Like all of these emotional, internal emotional achievements I really wanted to achieve all, I took it out of my body um, and I kept them very internal. So a lot of people didn't know. And then I, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I, uh, it's still going on and my mom gets breast cancer. So I'm in the thick of it. I am chasing a career. I've gotten my graduate degree. You know, I, I'm pretty sure in my graduate degree, I'll just give you a little notion, not to, you know, sensitivity warning, because I'm going to talk about calories for a second, but I was eating a thousand calories a day yeah. and I was working out twice a day for hours. And I thought, <laughs> I looked back and I, I was in such denial even after that, shortly after that, I was like, yeah. That was good. That was healthy for me. I was doing really well. I was really functioning. I was thriving. I was successful in school. I was getting my degree, et cetera, whatever, handling all this stuff. I was dying inside. I was, I was completely empty. I was a walking shell and I really didn't, I didn't even see it. So then my mom gets sick with breast cancer. I am still such a shell. I, I don't have my priorities. Family was not a priority to me. I was in complete denial about how sick she was. She fought breast cancer for four years going on five years. And I, along that way, I just, I never spent quality time with her. I never spent time with my family at all. I, I ran from it. I didn't go to a single appointment. I have a lot of, a lot of times where I look back and I'm like, wow, I was so self-absorbed with my own pain mm -hmm. that I didn't see it. And then in 2017, November, 2017, uh, she died. Mm -hmm. And again, it was almost like I wasn't paying attention to the story that was unraveling in front of me, y'all. Five years of cancer treatments, five years of being in remission and out of remission and came back and it was in her brain. And 
all of this stuff. And I just, I denied it. I, I went to work. I turned off the world. I just, I just buried myself into work and through the grief process. So I, I get to, you know, the family home where we're all gathered. And my dad, I remember that day looks at me and my sisters and he says, you are going to be completely paralyzed from sadness and grief and pain and anxiety and depression. And I, I really, I beg you, I don't care where you go or what you do or what it looks like, but I need you to move. And so for me, that, that signaled, and I can put words to it now, it signaled this, be intentional, like be present, understand that you're getting stuck before you get stuck, stuck and, and start to move. And someone giving me that kind of for, forewarning to, to say, Hey, this is coming. You're going to feel this way. Be prepared so you can move through it. That was huge. That was pivotal. So that's November, 2017. Around that time, I took a strengths test, you know, still professionally driven. I'm like, I'm going to do all this stuff, right? So so absorbed. And it lists out, it was this uh, strengths test that gives you 24 of um, strengths and they're all, you have them all. You know, top five are your most natural. The bottom is the closer you get to the bottom, the less, the least natural they are, right? The last two on the list on that particular, in that season was perseverance was 23, 24 was bravery. So just tuck that little note in your head because I go two years in my grief journey. I'm journaling one day and I literally write the words, I'm moving bravely. Mm-hmm. Moving bravely is born just through intentional con- connection with myself. And we'll go into like my framework and how I actually help people and all that stuff, which is really cool. But mm-hmm. just to, just to say that I, I just, it was one step at a time. I had to learn how to survive again. I had to learn my whole world was rocked. My priorities shifted. I lose my mom. And then I'm like, woke, woke it up. I, I wake up and I'm like, Oh shit. Like, I have literally been absent in my own life for years. I mean, at that point, it was 28 years of pain, of self-inflicted internal emotional pain, you know, through all the messaging, all the things that we experience as women, as we grow up, you know, I I, self-inflicted pain. And then I just, it was like, snap, wake up. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I forgot how to breathe. You know, like, how do I breathe again? How do I, how do I get dressed? How do I? what, what do I eat? What, like it, it all started over. And, um, so that's where I learned, I have this ability and I have most of my life being transparent and vulnerable before this, it was very much self sabotaging or self-sacrificing or, or, you know, some of these maladaptive habits that we can have because we think we're connecting, but we're really not connecting on what's Mm. helpful. Yeah. So when I grieved, I started to discover what vulnerability really truly looked like. And so that's where moving bravely is a movement first. And it is helping women to find vulnerable community. That's really there to validate them and really move through and be real and talk about the stuff. Like you mentioned that we don't talk about as women. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love that you mentioned intentionality in, in being so present um, in your daily life. Like we navigate everything because everything becomes habitual. Like I have to show up to work. I have to present at work. I have to be there for these people who are, you know, I mean, we say work becomes family, but like they're strangers. Like they're not our family. They're not ourselves. Like we have to nourish so many other relationships and we dump, I feel like 
like triple that energy into these workspaces we're in. Um, so when you were saying, you know, you were just so um, unraveled in, in work and all these achievements, like I was like, wow, like as a mom, like I can feel it in a different sense because I'm like, shit, like I'm away from my kids so long. Like this pandemic has been a blessing because it's like, I'm watching my kid grow before my eyes, things that like, I don't get to witness, but I wanted to ask you, do you believe that like learning these, um, these tips on being vulnerable, vulnerable, um, coping with grief and loss has been a part of your glow up? Oh, a hundred percent. I, I really, I just got full body chills. Like, oh, this is like, oh. I got like a heat. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. I love this present. See, look at us being present. We're, we're doing it right now. It's just like saying what we're feeling and, and being able to express that is so important. And I, before I just responded passively to my life. I just accepted at surface level. I did not ask questions. Mm-hmm. They said, be here at this time. You get to leave at this time. You're going to be here for you know 40 hours a week. And honestly, uh, actually be early and stay late. And that's really, yeah. that, that's who's really being seen. So I'm like, you know, completely consumed and a hundred percent agree that when grief, number one, I didn't have to, people just kind of allowed me the space, right? Mm-hmm. So grief makes sense. So like if someone dies in your family and you go through that, that process, you get, you know, three days bereavement, which what the fuck is that about? But that's yeah. a whole, whole nother topic, but you get this, it's built in, um, at least a little bit that, okay, that's hard, especially being a 28 year old, losing your parent. She's, she was 56. That's hard. Mm-hmm. And, um, I wasn't married yet. I, I hadn't gotten engaged yet. You know, she at least knew my partner, which I'm so thankful mm-hmm. that they got to know each other. I, I won't, you know, they've had some really cool memories together that I didn't, you know, it was, it was just a beautiful experience to have, like, thank goodness my partner was able to meet her and experience her. Um, cause I think he understands a little bit about like who I am now. Uh, cause I'm very much like her, but I do think that it, it just, I mean, I didn't make personal phone calls. Like I didn't take any, call. like she would text me and I would, I would be like, I'm at work. I can't talk. And she just wanted to hear from me. And I, I would totally, 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 as soon as I stepped in on the job, which I think a lot of us do, we block out everything, right? I got to be here. I got to work. I got to earn my paycheck. I got to perform. I got to be present. I got to, I got to show them I can do everything and more. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I, I totally miss the opportunities that you, like you said, like spending time with someone, like even just, I could have gone to an appointment. I chose not to, because based on this irrational belief that I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to keep my job. Like that's not true. That wasn't true at all. But in my head, it had lodged in there that I had to perform to be valuable. I love that. And I wanted to ask you, so you started moving bravely, but then you also have your membership group, Brave Ones Club. Mm. And I I really love that everything you say about, you say that it's not a business, it's a movement. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about your experience, you know, opening this community for women who are thriving to be more courageous and brave in their everyday um, and what it's been like fostering that community. Oh, that's a great question. Um, because I think a lot of women probably listening have their own businesses or are doing their own personal work or whatever. And you know, you know, you know, you know, comparison creeps in. So I started, um, I answered the call. Let's just say that. So again, like two years later, 
I'm having this urge to, um, through my self journey, you know, my grief journey of just like processing what the crap is going on. I'm like, okay, you know, writing out and then moving brightly pops out of my heart and onto paper. And then I just run with it. It was never like, oh, I'm going to start a business. And like, because I wanted to just start a business, it was everything to do with, I have an impact and a mission and a, and a calling that I have to answer or else I'm in pain. So that's where I'm coming from is like, if I didn't start this thing, I would be further in pain and, and, uh, I had to, I couldn't, I couldn't ignore it. So if anybody's listening and they're probably, if you're, you know, in the service based industry, like as far as coaches or professionals or entrepreneurs, you probably get that probably feel that like deep sense of urging of like just sharing stories and really making sure people feel heard and seen. So that's where it was all born. And I realized that, uh, people are uncomfortable to talk about hurts and struggles. People are uncomfortable because they don't know how to come out of it. Like they don't know how to start the conversation. They don't know how to come out of it. So a lot of my, um, my, my journey has been learning how to talk about stuff, how to, how to create it, um, and design a space that's really safe and comfortable. So when I started the movement, it was, uh, well, community is key. Community is the only way to really truly defeat shame. And to be vulnerable, you can't just talk about it. You have to have a real environment that backs it up and gives you the opportunity to do it and try it and stumble and have people pick you back up and say, or ask you questions and, and celebrate with you when you have great things going on and help you through the hard times and the confusion points and to live life together. So the Brave Ones Club was a year into business. Probably I finally said, stop fighting the call. Like you, you started this thing. The reason that you're not finding fruit from these other seeds that you're planting, or you're trying to go down these paths that everyone else is doing, like one-on-one coaching and group coaching and do this program and do this program and have this freebie and do this guy, like all this like sea of information. It's like, Lauren, you must design community. That's your thing. So, uh, it was called a brave community for a while. And then we really started to just say we're the brave ones and we just like kept leading into it. And so now it's, it's the brave ones club. So welcome in. If you want to, you can hit me up movingbravely.com. Like it's, it's there. And, and we, we are always wanting people, individuals, if any of this has really sparked or tugged at your heart or made you feel warm or, or really kind of like get that emotional response. If you're feeling that we're the club for you, <laughs> welcome to the misfit club where we move bravely <laughs> through life. And, yeah. So I really am excited about, um, we have our members stay. So my members are, I think it's like 95% retention rate, which is unheard of. So yeah, something's going on there. That's really important. And we have monthly calls. We have guest experts on one of the monthly calls, um, guest speakers, they come in, they share their story, just everyday women doing everyday things that, that are brave. Cause that's, what's brave, right? It's not the mountaintops. It's the everyday consistent action, the stuff that nobody ever sees and you don't get highlighted for like your mom, you know, there's stuff that you do every day that mm-hmm. is bravery. It takes every bravery yeah. you got. And, uh, yeah, we, we hold space for that. And then we have Sunday recharge calls. The best thing ever. The last one, we even had like a special, special event. Um, and we talked about women's sexual health again, who's talking about it. Nobody yeah. is. So whatever the needs of the community and that club is, is where we go, which is where my professional experience is able to meet 
the needs of people because being a social worker, I mean, trained and being trained in a community model is why I'm able to produce this. I love, I love everything about that. Um, and we chatted a lot about Brave Ones Club when we, when we initially met. Um, but I think, I mean, and I feel like everyone is always like now in the business world from the business scope is like build trust, build trust. But like to have such an intimate community, the way that you run the show, <laughs> and I'm like I'm moving my hands all around here, like the way you run the way you run the show, like you really got to build that trust. Like I remember you were saying like your last call, like there were people crying, like, you know, like you guys are such a tight knit community. So I just really love that. Um, and like you always say, like holding that space because sometimes like just having someone listen to your words, you just like break down. Cause you're like, damn, someone finally freaking realized something's wrong with me. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about this. I was actually talking about this earlier because the space and if you're getting into coaching and you have lived experience, like I, I understand and I totally, I get it. Follow your passion, follow your dream. There's something to be said about a professional who's been trained and certified to do that kind of work because you don't just go to, if you break an arm, you're not just going to go to any Joe Schmo on the street and, and have them reset your arm. You're going to go to an orthopedist your brain is no different. Your brain must be treated with care and must have, you have to have someone you trust because you can be manipulated. You can be, you can be taken down a path. If someone's not really in it to care for your brain, mm -hmm. you can be, it can be really harmful. And I think a lot of business owners get into and have, have ex experiences and relationships with people who, who are, um, who are coaches and they, they really, they really screw up some stuff. I mean, they lead them down a path and they, they don't know how to bring them into the conversation, nurture them, care for them. And then also termination is key. So it's, if, if it's time to move on. And I think that we, along the way, yeah, that's, that's what we're able to produce in this Brave Ones Club is that I'm the driver. So I, I get to, I have the final say it's my bottom line to protect the community that's, that's there. And I set the tone. So people who come in, they, they understand the, the seriousness of what I, how, how seriously we take this and how seriously, like we really are here to validate and prop people up and fan their wild flames. And we're not here for, for any of the other, you know, negative stuff. Mm -hmm. So it really does mean, I mean, what you just said is so critical. Like even if whoever you're moving into, if you're connecting and, and partnering, even if it's just partners or collaborators or, or you're trying to hire a coach or you're whatever, or you're serving people and you're trying to be their coach, you better show up with the intention of taking care of that person's brain, soul, heart, and mind. Like you cannot just, it's a person in front of you, not a dollar sign, not another, not another, yeah. you, you know, I just, I have, I feel led to say that. I don't know why. Uh, but that's where I'm coming from today is like protect the people you're serving mm -hmm. by, by serving yourself and protecting yourself and, and having people who protect you too. So you can serve and protect. I love that because it, it really is like now, especially I feel like on Instagram following, I like to follow a lot of like also people who are in niche or out of niche, but also that inspire me. And it just feels like everyone's a business coach. Everyone's a business coach. Like, why am I not a coach yet? Like, why am I not coaching? I'm coaching. Should I coach? Should I not? Um, so the, the, you know, the trigger word for me and that, that statement was really like the intention, like how can I best serve? So I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to talk to social work, Lauren, real quick. Okay. And I want to ask, you know, I, um, social work, Lauren, who was overachieving and I'm sure you're still killing it. Um, but really I want to talk about, um, 
your, your feeling of feeling like you were outgrowing your role or your multiple mm-hmm. roles, right? And how did that look and feel like um, in terms of maybe not always pouring in so much to them anymore because they, they weren't pouring into you? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so interesting. This is that topic. Like I love, I love what I do. I have loved with what I do. And I have to, I think a lot of times we have to, we got to learn how to put some boundaries up because um, people are responsible for their own boundaries not the boundaries of others. Right. So like we have to understand that we are responsible for our boundaries, not the boundaries of people who are in front of us. And so my employer is not responsible for my boundaries and I have to learn how to speak up for myself. And so most recently I, yeah, I carry two director titles, but I was doing a lot of work that was not, uh, only mine. Does that make sense? Like I, it was very much, I was taking on, I was putting out fires. I was trying, I was swooping and saving. I was doing all these things. And like, I had all this head knowledge. Of I'm shaking my head. Like those dead work fires. <laughs> oh, they come up. And what I was, what I found is like, I have all this leadership knowledge and have all, and one day I just said it was, you know, coming into after a serious burnout, I got really physically unwell. Like my body was like shutting down. Right. And like some of us have been there and um, yeah, it was like, I came into 2021. I was like, I'm not going back to that place again. And I, I decided to be ruthless this year has been like ruthless with protecting my energy and being able to set my own boundaries not to achieve less and not to, not to reduce my performance, but to do less things better and more quality mm-hmm. than doing all the things at, at half, you know, half my ability. So I, I just, and I went and I was able to start speaking my truth to the people around me, my boss and my super, you know, I was able to say, Hey, here's where I'm at. We're not going back there. <laughs> I'm not going back to that experience. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be physically unwell. Um, that doesn't help anybody. Right. So I am going to focus on these things. And I, I had like pointed, if it does not move this needle, this needle or this needle, I am, I'm going to have to defer and delegate. And that's my plan. And it didn't, there was no, there was no like back and forth. There was no, it was yes. Because that person who was in front of me trusted me in my setting my boundary. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily I have a relationship, a longstanding relationship with, with who I'm talking about, but it really has been a serious identity shift and understanding and perspective shift and understanding that I'm in, I'm in control of my boundaries and I can't continue to walk in this negative headspace of it's happening to me again. And I'm so burnt out. I don't know what to do. And I was taking on all this stuff. And when I finally let go, oh my gosh, you know, the work, what I was, what I was doing, those projects free fell a little bit, you know, there's a little bit of a free fall. And then the people around me started stepping up. Mm -hmm. They finally had an opportunity to take initiative and step into their potential just because I let go a little bit and stopped trying to do all the things. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of us, like we as business owners, or if you're in your professional job or you're trying to be in leadership, that's a huge lesson is let go a little bit communicate about the project or the thing that you're doing or whatever you need. If you're outsourcing, right, let go and stay in your lane of genius. Like it doesn't matter if you're owning your own business or if you're a mom or you're a partner or you're trying to be a leader, you know, uh, just you're nine to five. It doesn't matter. We have got to stop trying to do all the things. And that was a big deal. And that came from the framework and the, the practice of what moving bravely has done is has allowed me to, own my power, be very confident in, in what I am good at 
and what I can let go because I'm good at a lot of stuff. And I think a lot of us are, <laughs> we're, you know, overachieving, um, jack of all trades. Right. But I really wanted to start mastering some stuff and, and that's where moving bravely really helped me personally. Awesome. Speaking of framework, I wanted to talk about consistent action and the importance of honoring time for yourself. How do you incorporate this into your everyday life, but also into your coaching framework? Like last night you tagged me and you were in on social media, you were like claiming your whole day out. And I'm like, that's me at three o'clock. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. I was like, I have to ask her about this on the podcast. Yes. yes. So I, people do time blocking. I know people do to-do lists. I, uh, I have developed a framework, so I'll give you a brief overview. I plan my day out. So I have master calendars, you know, you gotta, you gotta have like where you put your future appointments and your future scheduling. So you can, you can plan ahead. Mm -hmm. But if I'm talking about the immediate, what I'm going to do, like actually to be productive, I sit down, I'll sit down tonight and I will sketch out tomorrow hour by hour. And I will write down on a pen with pen and paper, what I'm doing tomorrow. I will put the things that are immovable first things like appointments and calls and record, you know, things like this, I will put in there. I then immediately plug in. Okay. So I need my energy to be here at three o'clock. I need to be energized for a podcast interview. So I like, I'll pencil in things like go for a walk before so I can get some energy. Like I start to intentionally set myself up for energy. Like you were asking about self care. Like that's how you do it is like, you see what you have to do. And then you start to form in things that are really what make you happy. And you intentionally plan those in. So I plan when I wake up, I plan my meals, meal times, like when I'm going to eat, because I have to, I have to, I have to, and it, all I have to do. So I do that tonight or tomorrow. All I have to do is wake up tomorrow and execute. And what's interesting about this practice is that one, your brain isn't overworking all the time, because think about it. If you wake up, the day's already going, you're already using your willpower and decision-making power, the, that part of your brain. So by the time you get out of bed, and decide what you're going to wear and how you're going to wear hair that day or what kind of makeup you're going to wear. What are you going to eat for breakfast? It's gone. Right. And then you go to work and you're like, I'm going to work out after work. It's a lot of times it's the first thing I, I'm going to work out or I'm going to read this book after work. Let's just use two different examples. Yeah. You get to the end of your work day, you're done. And you cannot, you not, you can't convince yourself to do it because your decision-making power, your willpower is depleted. So I've gotten into this, like, getting ahead of myself. So that way all I have to do is wake up and execute fires, come up, things change, timeframes pivot. Like I, it all happens, but I'm grounded. And I know that I, if one piece moves, I know what else moves after it because it's written on paper. So it's not like, Oh, what was that thing I was supposed to do? Can I change that plan? Can I move that meeting? You don't have to go through all that stressor. So it's an incredible framework. I call it plan to be brave because you can't just show up and be brave. You got to actually plan for it and be intentional and confidence doesn't just show up. You have to, it's a practice. Um, and so that's what, that's what I do. And that's how I coach women who are maybe feeling stuck. Um, women who need a little clarity or really they just want to start to build in some rituals, routines, habits, and automate some things. Um, so they can find some relief because it's immediate relief. Like my members and my clients, when they come to me and they I'm like, all right, you're going to write it out it's immediate relief. It's yeah. incredible. Wait, you mentioned like at the end of the day, like you're not going to do it because all the decisions have been made. Uh -huh. um, I remember I like read a study one time that like decision fatigue is like a real thing. And there was this study where it was like a, a judge and 
at the beginning of the day, he was like, yeah, dismiss, dismiss, dismiss. And then by the end of the day, he's like, yeah, like, sorry, like you're guilty. Like it's done. Like, so because he was so tired of like deliberating and like just physically exhausted from thinking of all the bells and whistles, um, you know, the odds of, you know, dismissed versus guilty and like all these, um, things in the law world were, it was really interesting. It's Uh, so it's real. It's real. It's absolutely real. And that's why, like, I have a, my dentist, I'll just use it as an example. My dentist will be like, if, if she has to do any sort of major work, um, like serious, you know, couple fill whatever it is. Yesterday, she, why do you have to go there? No. I don't know. I don't like the dentist, but <laughs> I have to so see her. I, I see her more than anybody that I see ever. So <laughs> I'm always at the it. dentist. I'll talk about that too. That's a whole nother podcast, my dentist <laughs> journey. But because uh, depression, I'm just saying, depression, it, it takes away some of your self care habits. And mine was, teeth and it just is so you know whatever but well trust me I'm I'm transparent but the um she says that she'll scat I mean she knows herself and she knows that and so she schedules the tougher stuff so the cleanings and the you know looking over x-rays and the more rote stuff and the stuff that's kind of like simple and and usual and routine she'll do that later in the day her big major things are the first thing in the morning and that's why you want surgery telling you you want surgeries early in the morning or early in that person's day right mm-hmm. so maybe they woke up at noon or they're like night shift people so they wake up later and then, but you want to be earlier in their shift because it, it is true your brain it fills it, it it you only get like 15 minutes of willpower at a time so like it decreases and then you're done and there's a lot of studies about like the radish and the cookie experiment look that up it's fascinating it, it I just it, that down it, yeah, it, it goes into um, these different groups of people. There were, it was one group that had, uh, they were pulled in, they're sitting in a room before they like went to do this pro- this math problem, right? Mm-hmm. They sit in a room for a waiting time. There's a room with radishes only. There's a room with warm baked cookies only. And, and then there's a room with like radishes and cookies. And like the rooms where they're told, like they have both and they could choose whatever they want and there's no restrictions you know, there's that room and then they have the cookie room where they're told to not eat the cookies. Mm. And then they're in the radish room. They're told not to eat the radishes. The room that they were told to not eat the cookies because they were like, they were really having to resist. They went into that room to solve an impossible pro like math problem. It is insolvable. And they spent the least amount of time on that problem. And the people who had could choose, could eat whatever they wanted or, and don't quote me on this, do your own research, but this is basic premises. Um, and then the ones that they just, you know, the radishes were there and they're like, nobody wants radishes. Um, and, but they could work longer on that insolvable problem, even though it was impossible to solve, but it was that resistance to the thing that you want. You give up easier. It's fascinating. So radish and cookie. Yes. Y'all look it up. It's, it's, it's really incredible. And a lot of thought leaders, a lot of, um, scientists bring that up when they're talking about this topic. Gotta check that out. Well, I wanted to ask you, how would you define a glow up? <gasps> okay. It is so individual. It is so, so, so individual and it's so exper- it's so experiential. So I I feel um my glow up has a lot to do with knowing myself more and more every single day and, and getting more and more in touch with my intuition and trusting myself. And all of that stuff that we're talking about, I, you know, I do help people plan their days. I do help people structure things out and I do help people kind of break through some of these barriers. But the most important thing that we get out of it and that my clients get out of it is trust, is mm-hmm. self-trust. It's, it, you start to talk to yourself every day. You start to, you know, if you're, if you're 
glowing up, that means you are enjoying your presence and you are, you are connecting with yourself every day in a positive way. You're really, that, that to me, it's all internal because whatever your uniqueness is, whatever your offering is, it just glows. You can see it. You can feel it all over that person just because they're in touch with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. While we were talking, I was like nodding my head, looking at my notes from our conversation this week. And literally I have right here developing a sense of trust, like as you're telling your story and I'm like in air quotes, like developing a sense of trust as you were like, building, mm. like, mm. you know, your present self. So I was like, mm. like, see, spot on. Um, but I wanted you uh, to give a glow tip to the listeners. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So There's I'm no going to give you a tangible. Yeah. I'm going to give you a tangible. The best thing to do is besides plan your day out ahead of time, you know, you can come find me, DM me, but DMs are open. I will be happy to walk you through it. Love it. You know, it's, it's, it's what jazzes me up. But if I had one thing to say, it is to speak to, to yourself every single day, literally out loud by your name, speak to yourself and speak to yourself in a way that's already happening. Like don't speak to yourself in, in dreams and hopes and wishes that will be, but really do like speak as if it's already here because it is. So I am the go-to thought leader uh, for women moving through brave, you know, shame and, and using vulnerability to connect with other women to, to grow movement. Like I am that and yeah. I am capable. I am like, start to describe yourself as if it is right the second with Lauren, <laughs> I, you, you are, I am brave and say that whatever it is that you're, you're trying to in, you mentioned intention a lot. I think that that's the one piece that we miss. We'll set an intention and then we don't talk about it every day with ourselves. So true. Yeah. So true. Love that. Great glow tip. Um, but I want to ask you, you know, how are you planning on moving bravely through 2021 and where can we find you online? Oh yes. So moving bravely for me is to really cultivate this movement, um, in the sense of like having more and more brave ones join the brave ones club. And I want us to reach international growth. Uh, so I, I anticipate, you know, we are, let's just talk about it that way. 2020 at the end of 2021, we are at a thousand members and we are international and we are growing little pockets of, of brave ones around this world and we're taking over. So that's, that's how I'm moving bravely. And I'm just going to continue again. I'm going to take my own tip and I'm going to speak to myself with kindness and compassion, go into the difficult moments and have difficult conversations with myself too. Mm-hmm. Um, every day. Yeah. Jazz snaps. Uh, and where can we find you online? Oh yes. Thank you. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram. Mostly I hang out on Instagram cause it's just so, um, you'll find, you'll see me in my, in my, in my environment on stories. I hang out a lot on stories. I do write a lot. Stories are great. I love music. Um, you'll see, yeah, you just, I, I'm all about, um, stories. So you'll see me hanging out there. My posts are more, um, poetic and very emotional based. And you'll, if you need to connect with something that's a little deep or you need a journal prompt, you can probably find that on my posts. Um, so please find them there, but I am moving bravely on Instagram and I do hang out on clubhouse. I, I don't do Facebook. I don't really do Twitter. I am on clubhouse moving bravely is my handle there too. So either way, and then you can go to movingbravely.com to join the brave ones club. Sweet. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for joining me. This was phenomenal as we dreamed it earlier this week. Like it was so great. Um, I just, I, I'm delighted right now. This is great. Um, and everyone check out Lauren and the brave ones club and catch you next time. That's awesome. Thank you so much. 
for tuning in to another episode of the Glove Effect Podcast. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. If you love this episode, please share with your friends and family and tell them to check out the Glow Up Effect. Lastly, if you don't already, please check me out on Instagram at